Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome once again to the Audio Imaginarium. This is The Conspiracy Show, and my name is Richard Serrett. Had a great time last night and into early this morning at the George Norrie Live event. Finally got to, uh, to meet George. Uh, actually, that was the second time. I met him in Washington at the X conference, uh, now that I remember. And I also met uh, Tom Danheiser, his producer. And it was uh, very thoughtful uh, and grace, uh, gracious of, of George to introduce me and, uh, uh, or as his colleague at uh, Coast to Coast AM. And I'll be uh, guest hosting Coast next Friday the 14th, Saturday the 15th. And uh, then I'll be doing the JFK special on Coast to Coast on November the 22nd. And uh, after the conference, uh, my good friend, R. Gary Patterson, uh, who really uh, sort of unraveled the whole Paul is Dead mystery. That was his first book, The Walrus is Paul. Uh, uh, Gary and I uh, uh, spent the night out on uh, the town at Greektown, enjoyed uh, some moussaka and some, uh, some saganaki. And speaking of Greece, the mighty Aphrodite, ran in the Athens Marathon yesterday. She ran the 10K, actually. And uh, at the completion of the run, all the participants enter the uh, the old Olympic Stadium in Athens, this beautiful marble edifice. Uh, and they do their, their victory lap. And she was very moved by that, sent me some pictures. So uh, if you're listening, Mighty Aphrodite, I'm very proud of you. And uh, I miss you. The boys miss you. Come home soon, safe and sound. Sunday. November the 16th, the clock is ticking. Uh, I'll be in Oshawa hosting my conference, Follow the Truth, the Conspiracy Show Summit. And I'm really excited and, and proud of the lineup of, of speakers. If you haven't pur- purchased your pass, please do so. Uh, call the box office, 905-721-3399. You can visit followthetruth.tv for more details. We're going to be drawing for some uh, great prizes. One uh, winner will have an opportunity to co-host this radio program with me. Another prize will be dinner with yours truly. Maybe, maybe that's not such a great prize. Uh, and we're, all, we're also uh, going to award a, a lucky win- winner a free past life regression with world-renowned past life regression therapist Debbie Papadakis, who will also be speaking at the conference. Hope to see you there. Once again, box office number to order your pass, 905 721 3399. Use the code word Roswell for a 25% discount. Follow the truth.tv for more details. All right. Um, Ebola continues uh, to be a huge story. We're now, I believe, around 13,000 infected, about 5,000 dead, and it's not going away anytime soon. And when, going back to February of this year, when uh, news of the, um, the first Ebola cases started to come out of uh, Western Africa. Uh, and then, of course, it started to ratchet up. By May, Sierra Leone had reported their first death. June, Monrovia, Liberia reported its first cases. Uh, in, uh, in July, the virus spread to Nigeria. The, uh, the end of July, uh, the, the man who led Sierra Leone's fight against the epi- uh, epidemic uh, died from Ebola. Uh, then we had, of course, the, uh, the, the, the U.S. missionaries... Uh, including Dr. Kent Brantley, who were infected with Ebola in Liberia. They were flown to Atlanta for treatment. They recovered. Uh, we had the uh, the first uh, death uh, in Dallas of a uh, librarian, a librarian, librarian, sorry, Liberian, uh, who traveled to the United States. Uh, anyway, as this was going on, I I, I, um, 
I was reminded of a conversation I had, or a series of conversations I had many years ago, nearly 20 years ago, uh, with the author of a book called Emerging Viruses, AIDS and Ebola, Nature, Accident, or Intentional. And uh, in the book, Dr. Len Horowitz, who is a Harvard University-trained public health expert, wrote, or posited at that time, that Ebola had been weaponized and was already airborne. And then it started to make sense to me why all of these healthcare officials and nurses and doctors who were taking extraordinary measures not to get infected. Why were they getting infected? They couldn't even answer it. And then, as I say, I remembered that conversation back in 1996. Dr. Len Horowitz uh, joins us now on the line from his home in Hawaii. Dr. Len, how are you? It's been a while. Oh, wonderful, Richard. Thanks for having me on. Urgent, urgent problem with Ebola. 1996, almost 20 years ago. Uh, just explain how, how Ebola could be weaponized. What, what does that mean exactly? Well, during the largely funded, mostly secret special virus cancer program that ran from 1962 to the uh, late 1970s, 1978, in fact, they were actually doing what was called crude bench virology recombinant, uh, basically mutating viruses to make them extremely lethal for use in biological warfare as well as for commercial profit through vaccine corporations. Of course, before you have a vaccine, you have to have the virus. And if you've got, like, for example, Ebola, there's been many, many vaccines that are out there, even though you're watching the mainstream media do its spin, claiming, oh, now we're fast-tracking Ebola vaccines because it's so urgent. We've got all these deaths in the emergency. Well, they've had vaccines for Ebola, and they've been suppressing cures for Ebola, along with creating Ebola in the lab. And I base that statement, creating Ebola in the lab, is because we have a substantial amount of scientific evidence to base that statement on. In fact, if we were to bring it before any jury of reasonable people, they would look at the United States government contracts as well as the pleadings of the conference attendees who were discussing these matters of how and where and why Ebola first broke out and the conclusion that they came up with is essentially the same conclusion that I published in the book Emerging Viruses, AIDS, and Ebola. And as I say, at that time, in 96, you posited that it was already airborne. Uh, does that explain why these nurses and doctors who can't, who can't understand, how am I get, catching Ebola? Uh, you know, I'm putting on the, the rubber gloves and taking extraordinary measures, and yet they're getting Ebola. Well, that's part of it. You know, the the airborne aspect of Ebola is where somebody sneezes and, like, cut, you can catch a flu that way. Basically, you've got other blood. You've got uh, diarrhea. You've got the spillage. You've got, basically, people who are vomiting and spillage and spraying and splashing. And then you've got to remember to take your garments off in a most uh, infectious, controlling uh, manner. Uh, and you need special equipment, which is part of the absurdity of expecting the American healthcare system to respond effectively to a level four biological weapon that Ebola is. And so, you know, you're, you're not prepared for biological warfare in civilian society and uh, non-military. And basically, I think what you're witnessing is the result of that not only confusion, 
but actually, in my opinion, it's basically a, a political and financial ploy. They're, they're, they're saying that this is the Zaire uh, strain of Ebola, which I, I always thought was uh, the most serious strain. Not It's all serious, but this was the strain where, where we, we had people hemorrhaging out of you know all of the the major the orifices of the body from the eyes from the ears from the nose their li- their 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 organs essentially liquefied and yet i'm not seeing that with these with these victims are we in fact talking about the zaire strain here well that's what the officials at the world health organization and cdc have claimed from the beginning that it is and that statement that claim is outrageously incriminating not because we're not dealing with ebola zaire but the fact that if it is true what they're saying, and they've had it supposedly confirmed over and over again, then what it indicates is that there was a refrigerator that was used in the crime of releasing Ebola, because essentially the last Ebola Zaire outbreak occurred in 1976, over a thousand miles away from Guinea and Liberia in the Congo, Zaire. Uh, so they call it Ebola Zaire, and 1976, 38 years later, over a 1,000 miles away, and a virus that mutates rapidly. Because, Richard, as you probably may remember when we talked about this last, when you take a new virus and you use those types of crude laboratory techniques to recombine them and weaponize them, it's not like they've been around for millennia growing naturally, and they become thereby stable in their growth and development, their evolution. Here you've got a situation where it mutates rapidly. So for the same virus to break out over a 1,000 miles away over 38 years later and blame it on fruit bats is absolutely outrageously ridiculous. And the only thing that you can basically conclude from how outrageously ridiculous it is is that you've got concealment of scientific evidence, truth. You've got fraud. You've got consumer fraud. You've got basically racketeering and organized crime dealing with an, an enterprise, a drug enterprise, a vaccine enterprise that is taking advantage of people's susceptibilities to frights that are media-driven. Then you begin to realize, holy smoke, the drug industrialists are completely in bed with the media industrialists. They're virtually one and the same. People like Rupert Murdoch, James Murdoch, who is non-executive director of SmithKline, Beecham, advancing their vaccines, and the major vaccine producer, Merck Pharmaceutical Company. Oh, gee whiz, his father, Rupert Murdoch, just happens to be the major Merck investor working with the Merck organization to spread H1N1 vaccines when that came out. You remember when we talked? talked about that in 2009 with the the swine flu fright. So you've got basically a conspiracy involving pharmaceutical industrials, media, and then national security interests in the United States with CDC officials lying to people and it's becoming actually more clear daily as the things that they've been telling us are not holding up. Dr. Len Horowitz is with us, Harvard-educated and trained public health official or public health expert and the author uh, of numerous books. But we're we're sort of dialing back to 1996 and uh, his book, Emerging Viruses, AIDS and Ebola, Nature, Accident or Intentional. Now, what is going on with uh, this patent? That is it the CDC that allegedly has this this patent on one of the strains of Ebola? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying to you. And, and again, everything that you read in mainstream media particularly is contrived. It's all spun. And like I've been saying, they've had patents. They don't 
not patent. When you create a new microbe, you know, the guys that do it, working for under government contracts, if they see any capacity to profit, they're going to patent it. So you're looking at the technology, and because it's, the programs were classified, in fact, how I found the NIH contract number uh, 20, uh, NIH grant number 712025, that's 1971-2025, was the, quote, investigations of viral carcinogenesis in primates, under which numerous AIDS, like and Ebola-like viruses, were bioengineered by the Army's sixth top biological weapons contracting lab called Lytton Bionetics. They are a medical subsidiary of the mega military weapons contractor called Lytton Industries. They ran the entire National Cancer Institute. They administered all of the money, all the programs going through Fort Detrick, Maryland. That's America's premier biological weapons testing center. So it's not a small company. It's not kind of like, you know, the, the fact is that they concealed that. The truth that I'm telling you now, that I found because of the contracts, they concealed that information. It's been classified. So really what they did in terms of patenting, in terms of creating the earliest vaccines, and then basically concealing all this and having it pop out of a refrigerator, you know, 38 years later, is... Uh, it's outrageous. It's absolutely, there's no words to describe this right. level of demonic iatrogenocide, genocide, you know, right. through doctors. Dr. And- Dr. Len, we'll, we'll take a time out and sure. we'll come back and uh, continue to discuss Ebola. Dr. Len Horowitz here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Uh, Dr. Len Horowitz is with us discussing Ebola. This is uh, another frightening scenario, uh, uh, Len. The United States now has pledged as many 4,000 troops uh, into West Africa. Uh, and, you know, th- these uh, soldiers are going to go in there with very little training, I'm guessing, in terms of how to deal with a- an outbreak like this. And it harkens back to 1918 when we had all of these troops packed on to uh, the passenger ships and so forth returning home and many people forget that that uh, the first world war uh, actually ended probably earlier than it would have had it not been for the Spanish flu outbreak and 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 uh, how did it get to um, America probably from returning soldiers this is a recipe for disaster oh you're absolutely right you know Richard we have on vimeo.com slash forward revolution television it's our channel on vimeo uh, vimeo.com revolution television channel where you see that we did a couple of specials on Ebola already one is the most recent I actually give you a nine-step protocol to cure Ebola and my point is raised by your your comment here if instead of sending military personnel and spending minimally $750 million over the next six months, is what President Obama stated, we would arm those military personnel not with guns, but with oxygenation technologies, water purification technologies, good hydration, alkalinization technologies, oxygenation, as I mentioned, and good nutrition and uh, silver hydrosol such as oxysilver, you would not see Ebola actually expanding. What you would see is what we're actually hearing. We, we just had the other night uh, 
two guests from Liberia on the air with us on a, another radio interview, and they said that according to what they're witnessing in their media and in their community is that there's a reduction already in the number of cases, and they were very hopeful that it wouldn't spread. But look at what you mentioned earlier. Look at the fact that you had these cases come back infected from Liberia, doctors and nurses you've read about in the news, and they've all been cured. Now, how did that happen? It happened because of the nine-step protocol that I've advanced. Now, why isn't the media telling you that there's a way to cure Ebola? Because, again, the fright makes money, and the money is making people wealthy, not simply in the pharmaceutical industry, but militarily. So we're very concerned about the fraud that's ongoing here under the guise of public health and national security. Uh, do you see the possibility that this Ebola outbreak could become as large as the Spanish flu epidemic, which, which the mortality rate for Spanish flu was only about 5%, correct? I am concerned. Uh, again, first of all, also, I've been saying, as you know, for, you, you know, you interviewed me many, many years ago, you mentioned that, and I've been saying from the very beginning, this is like a famous quote of mine, no epidemic in Earth's history has ever evolved into a pandemic without major socioeconomic and political upheaval. End quote. What is the major socioeconomic and political upheaval you have today? Well, you've got all the baby boomers now who are ripe for their Social Security payments. You've got, you know, essentially Bill Gates, who is MS, of course, Microsoft, NBC, heavily involved in vaccinations. You've got the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which is the world's leading funding agency, actually vaccine trafficking enterprise that is actually through the media, such as MSNBC, and again, like I mentioned, Rupert Murdoch, who runs the Wall Street Journal, who runs News Corp, 20th Century Fox, uh, Time Warner, et cetera, et cetera. You begin to realize the conflicting, gross conflicting interests, and you begin to realize that we're looking at a commercial racketeering enterprise that is actually committing this genocide. And, and we sit back, you know, unfortunately being uninformed. Most people are uninformed. And as a result of that, we don't even choose what is the, why for us to do, such as the nine-step protocol I mentioned. Let's talk about the, 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 uh, the protocol a little bit more, uh, alkanization and, and oxygenation and, and, and so forth. How does that work exactly? Well, it works exactly like you've seen it worked. Here, here you've got the doctors who were the doctors without borders being infected in Liberia. They come back, they rush back to the United States. Instead of, instead of having a mortality rate between 60 and 80 percent, which they have in Africa, you come to the United States and you're given good hydration. Hydration, it works because when you have Ebola and you're, as you mentioned, your organs are kind of dissolving, your blood vessels are bleeding and you're losing fluids and you're vomiting and you have diarrhea, well, you lose your fluids. So hydration, rehydration with good pure water is essential. That's number one. Number two is if you basically use alkalinized water, 
alkalized water re-energizes everything and it prohibits infectious diseases such as Ebola from growing in the body. That's very well known. We could go, we could spend you know, 10, 15 minutes explaining why that happens. It's a magnificent revelation. It certainly deserves our time, but I don't know if we've got that much time. Step three, okay, step one, rehydration. Step two, alkalization. Step three, oxygenation. Man, we live off of oxygen. And basically, it carries the electron, the alkalinizing electron. And we even know that that electron that's produced by the chlorophyll in plants vibrates at a specific frequency of greenish-yellow color. That's 528 nanometers of light. And we even advance because we're working with some of the world's leading physicists and mathematicians and people who have actually even structured the way in which the universe itself is manifested, materialized, musically, mathematically, and we realize that 528 hertz frequency is that magnificent vibration, great vibration, that is associated with oxygenation. So basically, step three, oxygenation. Every way you can put more oxygen into a person's body, regardless of what disease, the diseases tend to go away. So step four is the um, is the remineralization because again the minerals carry electrons which is where the human energy comes from all everything that moves moves because of electrons uh, my voice your voice on this radio is being heard because of electron flow and so basically same thing with lighting systems whatever it's all electron flow through copper wire in the lighting systems so if you understand that and you understand minerals your body is made of 80% ocean water and 20% lava rock. And the lava rock is all the minerals in the periodic table. And that's where the action is. If you want to restore your health and re basically make you uh, prevent diseases and even impregnable against infectious diseases, you then increase your minerals, you increase your hydration, your alkalization, your oxygenation. So there's a, again, the sadness is that people are losing those, those minerals when they have Ebola and other kinds of infectious diseases that deplete the minerals. Uh, step five is where you get into good nutrition. Well, again, mineralization, good nutrition go hand in hand. Uh, step six deals with electromedicine, heavily suppressed, like the right frequency generators. Ebola is a virus. Clearly, viruses, we know, are made of protein, crystals, and crystals break. You shatter them with certain frequencies. You remember Ella Fitzgerald for BASF tape advertisement. Is it live or is it Memorex, right? Yeah, oh, it was Memorex, right, right, right. And so, uh, thanks for the correction. She belts out this magnificent sound and the glass fractures, the crystal glass fractures in her hand, but the room doesn't fall in, so it's the same thing with the human body. You want to shatter the crystal viruses in your body. You hit it with a certain frequency, such as 528, and bang, it's gone. And so that's electromedicine, of course, goes into many aspects that have been suppressed. Sure, and Tesla it, as well. Tesla that's right. was onto that. Absolutely. Tesla was totally into it. Tesla was complete genius, totally understood exactly what we're talking about now. And uh, I actually, another great video, if you want to kind of like get into this, on Revolution Television Channel on Vimeo.com, you can look at Natural Cure for Global Warming. 
And I produced that because Bill Gates said that the cure for global warming, and he said this over a TED conference, you can watch it on YouTube, is that we're going to vaccine people and we're going to intoxicate them, basically. He says, I love vaccines because it's going to reduce the population by 15%. So that's about, you know, let's say about 800 million people are going to die from getting vaccinated, and Bill Gates loves that. Well, let me just – because he, I, I, I look at it a different way. Now, I mean, the whole vaccination issue aside, isn't his argument that if you can reduce infant mortality – People in developing countries will will make the conscious decision to have fewer children. Isn't that his 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 rationale? Yeah, but it's not practically sound. It's a fraud. It's an absolute fraud. Take a look at what's happening here in the United States from the vaccines of the youth. You've got autistic spectrum disorder skyrocketing off the charts because of the mercury toxicity and whatever else. You've got the women who get when they're pregnant, they get vaccinated, or the infants get vaccinated. You've got Literally 30% of black women in the United States are sterile now because sterilization agents, non-oxanol-9, for example, is in the vaccines as one of the ingredients. So you've got to take into consideration what the propagandists are not telling you. For You know, you've also, for example, have read the headlines of what is the mortality and morbidity associated with iatrogenic diseases, that is, doctor and hospital-induced illnesses. 15% of patients that go into hospitals come out with diseases that they didn't have when they went in. That's a fact. It's been scientifically studied, and it's been published in the scientific literature. But they never tell you how many injuries from vaccines. That's the biggest moneymaker and intoxicator of all. And so just given the fact that that information a they claim is not available because they haven't done the continuing studies because they don't want to really know how many people are dying and are sick from vaccines or how many cancers have been induced by the vaccines they don't want that information to come out and then the concealment you know in law omissions and misrepresentations is fraud and when you take data and you bury it, you conceal evidence, that's minimally a misdemeanor. And when you're dealing with actually it killing people, that's a Class A felony. And in fact, under the circumstances, it's treason and it's a seditious conspiracy under the laws of the United States of America. So this is the magnitude of the challenge that we face with these liars, these omitters, these misrepresenters in healthcare centers for disease control who are now taking direction from the Rockefeller-directed World Health Organization, and now you've got the results of your racketeering and organized crime. You've got the public frightened to death. You've got a biological level four bioweapon spreading, and you've got massive amounts of money made on Wall Street by companies such as Merck and the manufacturers of the infection control equipment, sterilization, disinfection, waste disposal, barrier protection, new showers, new lighting systems, new ultraviolet light door locks between your patient care facilities and your doctors uh, you know, uh, and, and your patients' waiting rooms. You, you've got something that is completely menacing, ongoing, 
under the guise of public health. If you were, if you had the power to make this decision, we'll, we'll head into a break. I'll get you to answer after. But would you institute a no-fly uh, policy? Nobody comes into the United States or North America from uh, these these countries where the outbreak is occurring in Africa, and nobody flies from North America into these hot zones. We'll uh, discuss with Dr. Len Horowitz, author of Emerging Viruses, when the Conspiracy Show returns. Stay with us. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Welcome back. Dr. Leonard Horowitz stays with us, the author of Emerging Viruses, AIDS and Ebola, Intentional, or, uh, sorry, Nature, Accident, or Intentional. Uh, we were asking you before the break, uh, whether or not you would institute sort of a no-fly zone. Here in Canada, uh, our government has suspended visas for residents of these outbreak countries, which is essentially, uh, you know, banning travel. So what would you do in the United States? I would do the same thing. I applaud them because they did something that was righteous. They weren't criminally negligent because our President Obama didn't do that. And it's actually criminal negligence, and it's gross hypocrisy that you would allow people to come in from that infected country under these circumstances that we have today, these emergency circumstances, and risk national security, risk everything you have as a nation state. And the, if you, you know, because you're dealing with mass people dying, you've got to be responsible in making a decision, and it's hypocritical to claim that you're going to quarantine people, but you're not going to quarantine the nation. Give us a sense of how uh, ill-equipped the United States uh, would be for an outbreak. Let's say we get a, a cluster that develops in the United States. There's something like 11 flights from West African countries into New York uh, on a daily basis, I understand. I'm extremely concerned, Richard. As When this thing happened and it broke out, I mean, that's why I immediately, again, we have on the videos up on Vimeo.com Revolution Television, instantly I said, we've got to do something about this because I'm extremely concerned that this is what I had envisioned would happen 20 years ago, wrote about so that we could serve public health, we could serve the public's interest and protection, and yet I've been censored, grossly censored. My book has been censored. Mention of me has been censored. And the reality is, why would they do that? If I was simply a conspiracy theorist, Richard, if I was wrong, They'd be all the hell over me. They would be discrediting me up and down, making an example out of me. Oh, that's fool Horowitz. But you know what they've done? They've just censored me. They don't want to talk or mention me. And they have all these articles coming out about Ebola. They talk about all the other people who are relatively easily discredited. Nobody comes to the subject with, the, with a Harvard degree, with the background that I have the scientific peer review publications, the books, the films, the videos, they don't want to talk about the contracts that I deliver. And the reality is that is one of the smoking guns. Because, again, if I was so wrong, if I was telling you something that wasn't true, I would, I would not be completely neglected. And that, again, is censorship. That, again, is a violation in the United States of First Amendment rights, and that's a violation worse than that uh, of treason and sedition because you're now moving a population into high-risk behavior. Is it too late? Is it too late to contain this? I, I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that question. I really, I pray, I honestly, I pray every day that this will go away 
uh, it's a nightmare. It, for me, knowing what I know about Ebola, what is taking place is beyond disgusting. It is nightmarish, beyond words. And, uh, you know, it, it, to me, all I have to do, you know, all I can do is pray over it. And even if my prayers are not realized, I have to accept it as simply, you know, creator's will, way, it's the karma you know, I'm living in Hawaii, you know, right down the street, we've got Pele, the lava flow. It passed my house the other day, I kid you not. This morning, the entire house, because of the forest is on fire, it smelled like a forest fire. You know, some things you can't stop, and you can do your best, but the Creator has a plan, and I'm maybe ignorant of the plan. I just need to do whatever I can do. Is it inevitable that there will be clusters developing, not to be unduly alarmist, but let's, you know, let's, we gotta stare this thing square in the face here. Uh, is it inevitable that there will be clusters developing in the United States? Uh, I'm working feverishly in the hope that it's not inevitable. You know, again, if the words that I shared tonight with you get out and the protocol that I've shared gets out, and what we have is a continuation of spreading light. The darkness flees. The darkness, the evil, the genocide, it doesn't stand the light of truth, reason, and law. And so, you know, you've got man's law, you've got the creator's law, and basically if you can bring the two together, you've got a disappearance of all the ills, in my opinion. And, you know, I work daily, you know, 16, sometimes 18 hours a day to constantly put out these kinds of truths. I, I pray that it's not inevitable, that all the work that we do will help to save some lives and that we will be able to then uh, stop Ebola. Whether it's going to happen or not, I don't know. All right, stay put, uh, Len. We'll come back and uh, one more segment and uh, continue to discuss uh, Ebola. i also like to find out about this bioweapons lab that's situated inside a hospital in Sierra Leone. Dr. Len Horowitz, author of Emerging Viruses, AIDS and Ebola, Nature, Accident, or Intentional. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. I'll be uh, away at the uh, the Follow the Truth uh, Conspiracy Show Summit in Oshawa, but we will have a brand new program for you that we're, we're cobbling together and uh, included in the mix uh, as we uh, approach now the 51st anniversary of the JFK assassination. Gail Nix Jackson will be with us. Uh, she is the granddaughter of Orville Nix. And uh, if you don't know about Orville Nix, interesting. Uh, everyone focuses, of course, on the Abraham Zapruder film. Uh, that uh, documents uh, those tragic moments in Dallas on November the 22nd. But Orville Nix's uh, video footage is equally, com well, not, it's arguable, but it's a very important uh, a film because he has the exact opposite angle of the Zapruder film. He actually shows, we see the, the uh, grassy knoll in Orville Nix's footage. And uh, when you couple that together with the fact that many people, including Forrest Sorrells, who was... Uh, the uh, the lead um, uh, Secret Service agent 
in charge of security that day. Sorrells believes shots came from the grassy knoll, and just about everyone Orville Nix talked to that day said, yes, the shots came from over there in the grassy knoll. So I'll talk with uh, Orville Nix's granddaughter uh, next week on The uh, Conspiracy Show. Dr. Len Horowitz stays with us for a few moments yet, uh, the author of Emerging Viruses. We're talking about what else? The Ebola outbreak. And uh, I wanted to ask you about the um, this uh, bioweapons lab. I believe it's a level two, and it's situated inside a, uh, a hospital in Sierra Leone. Now, the government uh, closed it down, but, but tell us about Kenima. I'm looking at several biological weapons operations, not just that one. We've got many of them in many of the nations, and and what is the most uh, relevant issue to me is why would, for example, uh, we show you in our film, and it's called uh, the one that I'm recommending on Vimeo.com, Revolution Television, is called Viral Immunity, Ebola, Top Secret Disclosures. And there you'll see that in Sierra, in, in Liberia, Monkey Island, and you'll see there the New York City Blood Bank paid for it. Basically, it, it was a large operation with chimpanzees testing for the supposedly hepatitis B vaccines exclusively, but I don't believe it. And they show you there a very similar lab to the one that you're talking about there in Liberia, the Liberia Biological Medicine uh, Group that was supposedly defunct when the New York University Medical Center and the New York Blood Bank people came in with the hepatitis B vaccine experiments. And, of course, with those, they had uh, developed mutations, mutants of hepatitis A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I mean, you basically, you didn't have hepatitis B. Uh, I show you in the book Emerging Viruses, AIDS, and Ebola. What you had was what's called the Australian antigen. It was referenced by the, the letters A-U-A-G, which is the initials for silver and gold in the elemental table. So the silver and gold in virology back in the 60s was the hepatitis B agent. And then they modified it. They mutated it and hybridized it. And now we have the whole alphabet of hepatitis viruses, and many of them they claim are linked to cancer. Again, Richard, my uh, conclusion is that this whole system not only is just out of control, but it's a commercial racketeering enterprise, and they're making money off of humanity's ignorance and suffering. Well, the fact that it, uh, I come back to uh, the Sierra Leone uh, bioweapons lab uh, in, at, at Kenema, the fact that the Sierra Leone government were to close that, uh, and, and this happened, I believe, just after one of Sierra Leone's leading doctors supposedly died of, of Ebola. What, 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 what are we being told, that the, that the outbreak is occurring in hospitals? We're being told that primarily the spread is be, uh, by people who are infected who are obviously traveling by foot or by river boats or uh, terrestrially, not so much by the air. We're, we're being told that there's a great risk in the, the dead bodies being cared for appropriately with the full garments, the entire hazmat suits. Those kinds of interventions by the military right now is what we're told has been dramatically reducing the amounts of the spread. Uh, again, I'm alarmed by the numbers that you read that the World Health Organization has told us about. I'm concerned that the, 
that maybe we're looking at something like I'm saying. We're looking at not just a you know a spontaneous outbreak that's inexplicable. We're looking at a conspiracy. We're looking at a genocidal conspiracy whereby people are not just making money, but they have an intention because, again, the global economy is in bad shape. Everybody knows that. And, again, you've got a lot of people who are waking up. You've got communication systems with the Internet like you've never had before for the relay of information whereby suddenly people are waking up to the government malfeasance, which we've seen this last week with the Centers for Disease Control completely being disgraced. Everything that they told us, you know, where they're flipping stuff and they from one day to the next you don't know what the hell they're going to do or say. And ultimately people realize, you know, it's out of control. And they're not, uh, governments are not looking for people's best interests like, President Obama ruled, you know, we're going to leave the airlines open. We're going to have more people come into the United States. In my opinion, it's gross negligence. But basically, what does it do in the big, big picture? It increases the threat, the fear. The fear drives the money, the marketing. It drives the vaccines. It drives the drugs. It drives the military. It drives virtually every kind of commercial operation. Fear is basically your mover and shaker. And then it drives the money, and it drives the power into the hands of those who have stated that they wish to reduce the population of the planet by about, oh, let's say, six billion people from seven billion they want to kill off six billion and leave one billion and again that takes kind of uh, you know special uh, technologies such as Ebola it's, it's the ideal biological weapon to do that really uh, and, and if the scenario that you have raised actually happens whereby in a metropolitan area such as Boston or New York or Toronto this thing actually starts to spread and like you saw last week, you had a woman who actually had a court judge say, no, you don't have to stay in quarantine. You can go out because you're not showing symptoms at this point. And yet, you know, the risk is being spread. Then the potential for it spreading and then doing the, uh, the apocalyptic uh, result uh, that we are very concerned about, you know, that's a very, in my opinion, reality. Uh, Len, leave us with the, uh, the website where people can see these videos again. Yeah, it's a great, great uh, resource. It's Vimeo.com, V-I-M-E-O.com. The reason it, we're not on YouTube is they censored me on YouTube. They pulled down my Wikipedia website. I'm being horribly censored. But anyway, uh, we still have Vimeo.com, Revolution Television. And uh, there you'll see the Ebola special reports, and you'll see the new one, which gives you the nine-step protocol. I would urge everybody to read it and to integrate the information, and then uh, I think you'll be much wiser, and I think you'll be thankful for the information. Len, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Be blessed. Thanks. Bye. Dr. Len Horowitz. Uh, last week on the program, George Freund from uh, the very popular Conspiracy ca uh, Cafe podcast joined me, and we talked about uh, the Ottawa shooting, of course, and some of the oddities surrounding that, that horrible tragedy. And I, I just wanted to clarify something that I've since learned about uh, since last week's broadcast. One of the odd things that's been pointed out is that in the aftermath of the shooting rampage, uh, the CBC, uh, Evan Solomon, for example, showed footage of what appeared to be 
nine bullet holes in a wall near the parliamentary library. And the only problem with that uh, is someone discovered a tour of the parliamentary buildings that was featured on Google Earth, dated April 2013, showed the same wall with the same nine marks, which weren't actually bullet holes. Uh, and so this has, was seen as, as proof positive that the entire shooting was a hoax and the bullet holes weren't real and this Google Earth footage, again, from April 2013 was the smoking gun. But since then, I've discovered that CBC actually acknowledged this mistake. They retracted it and admitted that those weren't bullet holes. But it's important to point out, in the interest of, of fairness and balance, because we need to get this right, not that there aren't a lot of other unanswered questions, but on this point, we need to point out that there were other bullet holes found in door jams around the library, bullet holes in windows. Uh, in other words, there were bullets fired inside the parliamentary buildings near the library, and I don't believe the CBC or Evan Solomon were part of a, a cover-up. Uh, but again, there are still many unanswered questions and oddities that need to be addressed, of course, such as how Michael Zahaf Bebeau managed to cross the United States on four separate uh, occasions. We're being told four separate occasions despite having an extensive criminal record and no passport. Can you imagine post 9-11? getting into the United States, not once, not twice, not three times, but four times without a passport and a criminal record. That doesn't add up, but ha but we still need to verify with 100% certainty that that is in fact the case, that he did cross the border into the United States on four separate occasions. And of course, there is still the, the, uh, the lack of blood at the war memorial where Corporal Nathan Cirillo died, despite being shot at very close range with a rifle. Anyway, that's the latest. And I just wanted to, uh, to, to uh, I guess, correct or clarify that Google Earth uh, video. All right, we um, will be back. And uh, I hope you'll be with us. The website, of course, for the program, richardserrett.com. You can say hello on Twitter, at Richard Serrett. I got a, a new follower the other night. It was from the Illuminati. I'm being followed on Twitter by the Illuminati. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Any, any followers I can get, quite frankly, even the Illuminati or the Bilderbergs or the Trilateral Commission. Again, if you want to follow me, Council on Foreign Relations people, it's at Richard Serrett. And as always, follow the truth. Follow the truth.